0: Jesus, it is in you alone that we have our hope, it is in you alone that we have our strength, and it is you, in you alone that we want to stand. And ask now that you would use the words from Scripture to help us know how we can stand more firmly in your grace and in your power and in your victory. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, as some of you know, I have only recently learned how to ski just in the last couple of years. And... I only go skiing once a year or maybe every other year, so the reality is I never get any better. But about a month ago, I was skiing with some other pastors from the east side around here, other large church pastors from the east side, and and I have to say, I was doing pretty well. I mean, I was doing those nice parallel turns, you know, I used the whole mountain, but they were turns, and I mean, I was magnificent. Until I got near the bottom, and I was kind of hot from skiing so fantastically, so I reached up to unzip my coat, and as I was concentrating on that, my feet went in two different directions and just kept going. So I kind of leaned forward, and then I leaned back, and then I leaned forward to kind of get balance, but I ended up doing a faceplant in the snow. As scripture says, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So I kind of looked around, kind of thinking, okay, who saw that? And right about then, I heard someone from the chairlift up above say, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Indeed it is. And my only hope is it wasn't one of the other pastors, because I know I'm always looking for a good story, and they would totally tell that to their churches. <laughs> I think that's a little like our spiritual lives, that we, we aren't sailing through life the way we would like to be, and occasionally we do a face plant. Let me ask a couple of questions. Do you wish that you had more of God's power in your life? More courage? Less worry? Do you wish that you could break free from the things that hold you down? The addictions, the fears, the habits, the things that hold you down. And do you wonder sometimes why you can't? In part, I think it's because sometimes we follow Jesus the way I ski. We sort of waffle back and forth. One part of us going one way to follow Jesus, the other part of us following everything else. Things like money, comfort, status, pleasure, often more than we pursue Jesus. To switch metaphors, we're sitting on the spiritual fence, stuck between following Jesus and following everything else in the world. And the results are like my skiing. We're not cruising through life the way we could be. Now, before I go any further, please do me a favor. Please do not hear this sermon as a a kind of a guilt-laden list of things that we ought to work harder at and do more and work more and all of that. No, no, no. Please hear this as a here's how we can experience God's power and joy more kind of a sermon. If we do some of the things that the prophet Elijah does in the story that we read today. Now, the background for this story is that there has been a drought for three years. And the people turn to God for help. But since it's a drought, just to hedge their bets, they also worshiped a God named Baal, who was the God of rain. And Baal represents a lot of things. He represents financial security. Because if it rains, they'll have crops. He represents sexual satisfaction. Because the way you worship Baal was to have sex with a prostitute in his temple. Funny religion. He represents being socially accepted because everyone, including the king and queen, scoffed at God but followed Baal. So the people are kind of on the fence, one foot set toward God, one foot set toward everything else the world has to offer. Again, I don't know about you, but I can relate to that. Sometimes I follow those other things, whether it's money or success or reputation or whatever it is, more than I follow Jesus. Nothing wrong with those things unless they become our God's. So then Elijah comes along, and he calls all the people together at Mount Carmel, and he says this, how long will you limp between two opinions? In other words, folks, choose either God or Baal, paint or get off the ladder. And then he puts a sacrifice on the altar, and he says, whichever God sends fire down from heaven to consume the sacrifice, that's the real God. So all day long, the prophets of Baal pray, oh Baal, oh Baal, oh Baal, please do something, bail us out, oh Baal, right? They're a choir like that. <laughs> I don't know how it will go over at the 11 o'clock modern service, but. So then Elijah starts to mock them and he says, Shout louder. Perhaps he is in deep thought or busy or busy or traveling. Maybe he's sleeping and needs to be awakened. Here Elijah demonstrates the important spiritual gift of sarcasm. <laughs> so if you're sarcastic like me, here it is in the Bible. Now, most English virgin vir, virgin versions <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is just embarrassing. <laughs> Dana Help me. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Most English translations of the Bible do not have the guts to translate this, this verse accurately. A few do. The Hebrew for the phrase, perhaps he's deep in thought, actually means this. Perhaps he's out relieving himself. Honest. I mean, it is verses like this, along with the fact that there were dinosaurs, that makes my wife speculate that God is a nine-year-old boy, right? I mean, (laughs) he isn't really, but you look at that verse, right? You know, maybe he's in so nine-year-old boy humor, right? Maybe he's in the bathroom, deep in thought. (laughs) (laughs) So childish, but funny. When when I was in Hebrew class in seminary and I discovered this, I was like, this is awesome. I love Hebrew. So here is the first problem with being on the spiritual fence, with being neither hot nor cold about Jesus. There is no power in it. Because the other things we give our allegiance to, career, relationship, money, whatever it is, they ultimately do not deliver the things that God can. The very fact that there is a drought is a direct rebuke to Baal, who's the god of the rain. That's why Elijah says, how long will you limp between two opinions? Because when we pursue money or career or success or comfort more than we pursue Jesus, we limp through life and we lack his power. It is the worst of both worlds to be betwixt and between on the religious fence. All the guilt and obligation of religion, but none of the power and the joy that comes from a relationship with Jesus. Pastor I know tells a story of preaching at a church, which he described as the frozen chosen. They weren't Presbyterian though, so we can be glad for that. He said he worked really hard. He told his best stories, his best jokes, his best theology, and no response. Nothing. Just stony faces. Well, after the service, a woman came up to him and she actually said, Pastor, you were, you were so funny. Why, I almost out laughed out loud. <laughs> That's kind of the result of being on the religious fence. It's anemic. No power, no joy. So then after Elijah mocks them, the prophets of Baal start slashing themselves with swords to make themselves bleed to get Baal's attention. Which brings us to the second problem with spiritual waffling and that is, it's slavery. Those other things we look to for security and happiness, they are harsh taskmasters who make us slaves. If we are obsessed about physical appearance, for instance, every pound we gain is cause for worry, not to mention every birthday. If it's reputation that we're after, we work ourselves to death trying to earn other people's approval. And here is the difference between Jesus and every other religion, every other God. Every other God, every other religion says, do more, pray more, work harder to get God to love you, or people to love you. Every other religion, every other God causes us to slash ourselves, but there is only one God who was slashed for us. And that's Jesus, who took the penalty for our sins on the cross. Spiritual waffling is anemic, and it brings slavery. But the good news is, If we get off the fence, if we go all in for Jesus, there are some wonderful benefits, which we see as the story progresses. After it's clear that Baal isn't going to answer, Elijah steps up and douses the sacrifice with water, a precious commodity in a drought. And here we see the first benefit of being all in for Jesus, rather than spiritually waffling, and that is confidence. Elijah pours water on the sacrifice because he is confident that God is going to do what God said he was going to do. And that confidence is reflected in Elijah's prayer, where he says, O Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. This prayer is so different than the prophets of Baal. No slashing, no frenzy. Elijah simply goes to God confident that he is accepted, confident that he is loved, and confident that he doesn't have to prove anything to God, and confident that God is loving, which is what he says in his prayer. The point of this whole exercise... He says, "Is God's whole goal is to bring wandering, wavering, spiritually waffling people like you, like me, like the Israelites, back to himself. And God will stop at nothing to get us back. Which brings me to the second benefit of being all in for Jesus, and that is courage. Elijah has no fear in this moment. There are 850 prophets of Baal against him. The king and queen want him dead. That's a lot of peer pressure. But he shows no fear. Because when we go all in for Jesus, we experience his love in a way so deep it drives out fear. Not because we've earned it, but because we're not distracted by all those other things that we're pursuing. When we were in Cambodia two weeks ago, one of the things we discovered that the government does there is when a company wants to develop some land that is on a slum area, the government rounds up the people in that slum who are living in cardboard or tin shacks, but at least it's their home, The government takes their land, puts all of those people on trucks, drives them out into the middle of nowhere, and just dumps them there. No compensation for their lost homes, no help to rebuild, nothing. Just dumps them there, and they have to start all over. Well, we met with this man who works to stop that in a variety of ways, and as a result, he has had death threats. Other Christians have said, why don't you just leave it alone? It's it's too much trouble. It's too dangerous. But he told us why he did it. He had tears running down his face, without a hint of anger in his voice, just gentleness, he said, I do it because I love Jesus. And he says, I don't just love Jesus when I'm at church. How can I sing How Great Thou Art when this is happening? He said, yes, I love Jesus, but not just when I sing. I love Jesus even to jail. I love Jesus even to death. And he said, my mother is like the widow in the Bible who gave the only two pennies she had to God. My mother has only two pennies, my brother and me, but she is willing to give them to God yes i love jesus even to jail even to death most of our team was in tears because he was so passionate so brave so free and so gentle at the same time and incredibly inspiring very inspiring but also i have to say for me at least a little convicting right i was getting a little uncomfortable especially since right before he had started to talk i was sitting there thinking it's kind of hot in here i wonder if they have an air conditioner my electrolytes might be low who is freer the man who can stare down a government in confidence or the American who gets fussy if he's a little hot. All in for Jesus gives us confidence, courage, and one last thing, power. After Elijah prays, God sends down fire from heaven. As the old hymn says, that is power, power, wonder-working power, Right? When I taught at Stanford, there was a professor who would regularly say to his class in regards to Christianity, if you believe this stuff, you're an idiot. Only he didn't use the word stuff. use something stronger. I always thought it'd be kind of fun to go into his class, pray a little prayer, and see fire come down and burn up his lecture notes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Take that. Wouldn't that be cool, right? Power. Now, I know that this can be kind of a hard miracle to swallow. You know, wow, fire from heaven. You know, maybe it was fire. Maybe it was lightning, especially since a little later in the story, there's a storm. But even if it was lightning, the timing was miraculous. The main point, though, is this. If we vacillate between Jesus and everything else, we limp through life. But if we are all in for Jesus, there is power. I mean, if you are a prophet and you call down fire from heaven, that is a good day at the office. What an adventure. So, what might it look like for us to be all in for Jesus and not waffle spiritually? So that we can have confidence, courage, and power. First, pray honestly, pray boldly, pray often. Elijah discovers God's power through prayer. Last week, a man stopped me after one of the services, and he said to me, remember when you and some other people prayed for my melanoma a couple of weeks ago? And I said, "Uh uh-huh. And he said, well, when the doctors went to cut it out, guess what they found? all they found there was scar tissue I kinda didn't understand what that meant so then he went on to explain it to me and he said it was dead the cancer had died on its own it just died I got the tests to to prove it and all I said was oh that's great and then about five minutes later after I'd walked away I thought "Whoa, whoa whoa wait that's a miracle right we pray someone prayed boldly for him I just don't think it was me right and and it was answered pray boldly now God may not send down fire from heaven he only did that once in all of history And sometimes as we pray, we realize God wants to do a different thing than we want to do. But bold prayers lead to seeing God's power. Then second, make a bold move for Jesus as Elijah does. A move that puts you in a position to see God's power, whether that is dramatically or subtly behind the scenes. That move could be a lot of different things. Maybe it is to get involved in God's rescue mission somehow if you're not already involved. Either outside the church by tutoring at uh, at-risk kids are serving the poor or inside the church today we're having a spring to serve Sunday where you can volunteer to serve in all kinds of ways inside the church you know we have a reputation in this area of being an externally focused serving church and we love that reputation but in order for us to stay externally focused we need to be internally strong so maybe you could teach Sunday school or work with our youth or maybe even serve in the parking lot and I know that may not sound like a bold move for Jesus but in an upwardly mobile culture, maybe the boldest thing we can do is serve humbly behind the scenes and see how he works there. Maybe for you, making a bold move would be to take some risk with your money or your career or, or, or in a relationship that Jesus has been nudging you to take. Maybe it means simply to identify yourself as a Christian at work or with your friends and not hide it anymore. Tony Campolo is a professor at a college back east and. He's also very clear that he's a Christian, not in an obnoxious way, but just, you know, he's just, he doesn't, It's not pushy, he's just honest about it. You know, if he goes on a mission trip, he doesn't call it a vacation. He's clear that he went on a Christian mission trip. He'll admit to his classes that he goes to church on Sundays, that sort of thing. Well, some of, his, some of the professors in the, in the university got upset and thought that Tony was using his class for, to proselytize. So they decided, these professors, that one day they were going to sit in on one of his giant thousand student lectures to observe him and catch him, you know, doing this terrible thing. But some of the other students got wind of it that was going to happen. Not Christians, not Christians, but they loved Tony. So these students made a plan and they spread it to the rest of the other, the other students. So when the professors came in to his class all angry looking, about 10 minutes before the end, all the students started humming, just as I am. (laughs) You know, the song they always sang at Billy Graham crusades when everyone was coming down to the altar? They all started humming, just as I am, and one by one they got up and they went down to the front of the lecture hall and knelt. (laughs) And since a lot of them were secular Jews, as they went down the aisle, they'd be yelling, another Jew for Jesus! just to annoy those professors. Tony does not sit on the religious fence. He is all in for Jesus. And he saw God's power through his non-Christian students who were willing to defend him. Now, truth in advertising, if we go all in for Jesus, it will not always be that easy. There will be persecution. We will get made fun of. There will be times when it looks like all of our efforts aren't amounting to anything, at least that we can see. There will be, not might be, will be, Those times. But we'll also gain courage, find freedom, and we'll see God's power. This year, the Jubilee Reach Center, which was started by this church, was invited to run the after school programs in several middle schools in in Bellevue, along with an organization called Youth for Christ. Now let's pause on that for a minute. Jubilee Reach is clearly Christian. The first line of its mission statement is to bring Jesus healing. Pretty clear. And Youth for Christ, well, that's clear running after-school programs in public schools. who to thunk it? Well, one of the schools has a, has a very high... A lot of students are at or below the poverty level. And like many schools all over Bellevue, over half the students will have tried sex or drugs by the time they leave. We're talking 12 and 13 years old. There's also a lot of problems with gangs in some of these schools. So Jubilee Reach started a soccer program for middle school boys, some of whom are in gangs. The coach is a former gang member from L.A. who was shot and came to Christ in the ambulance as the EMT held his hand and recited the gospel to him. That EMT was all in for Jesus, and he made a big difference in this guy's life. Guy decided to leave the gang, only you don't leave a gang. They usually kill you if you try. In his case, they just beat him up very badly, and he came up here. And now he coaches this soccer team through a Christian coaching method. He doesn't force Jesus on anyone. He just shows who Jesus is by how he coaches. Well, early on, things were kind of rough. The the, the kids were bullying other kids. They were spitting on the school floor, all kinds of things. But pretty quick, things started to turn around. One day, one of the volunteers had a phone stolen, so the coach said, no soccer today until that phone is returned. phone was returned in just a few minutes. A little later on, some of these kids who'd never paid attention to school before started asking the principal about their grades. They were, they were interested, suddenly. And within two months, some of the kids who were reading at second or third grade level are now reading at eighth grade level. Two months. One of the teachers showed some folks from Jubilee Reach the charts of these students and said, you know, we are under all kinds of pressure from the state to improve their performance. And we thought, we, we thought it would take years to see this kind of progress. But in two months? Turns out the love of Jesus expressed through his people is pretty powerful stuff. But wait, like an ad for a Ginsu knife, there's more. (laughs) Not too long ago, folks from Jubilee Reach were at a meeting with city and school officials discussing the possibility of Jubilee Reach expanding to run all the sports programs for all the middle schools in Bellevue because there's no sports in middle schools, apparently. And as they're doing this meeting, one of the city officials brought up the elephant in the room, said, whoa, 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 wait, you guys are Christian. At which point, one of the school principals gave an unapologetic yes. She said, absolutely, they're Christian. But they show Jesus' love. They don't push him on anyone. And there's never been an organization we've worked with that is better run and that gets more results than Jubilee Reach. And that was that. So now Jubilee Reach, along with Youth for Christ, is going to run the sports programs in the public middle schools in Bellevue. Okay, that's not fire from heaven, but really, in secular West Coast, King County, maybe it's not a miracle, but it's not an ordinary either, right? And now they're looking for folks to volunteer, to get trained, to do Christian coaching so that more kids' lives can be transformed like the ones I told you about. Jubilee Reach and Youth for Christ are all in for Jesus. Not in a pushy way, but they're not sitting on the fence either. And the result is they are seeing the power of God to bring Jesus healing and transform kids' lives in miraculous ways. It's starting to look like revival to me, folks. That Newsweek cover we've been talking about, I can see it coming. So how can you be all in for Jesus? Maybe it is to pray boldly or serve outside the church or serve inside the church. You know, Jubilee Reach wouldn't exist if we weren't strong in here. Maybe it's to make some bold moves for Jesus, not to earn his approval, but so that you can see the fire of God in your life. You know, the name Elijah means the Lord is God. That is a good reminder to all of us. My job is not God. The economy is not God. My boss is not God, in spite of how much he or she might think they are. My bills are not God. My health is not God. My fears are not God. Jesus, he is God. And when we stop sitting on the spiritual fence and go all in for Jesus, we get courage, we get freedom, and the power of God. You see, the problem with the middle of the road, guys, is it's a good place to get run over. So get out of it. No more half measures. No more Jesus in moderation. No more Jesus measured out in coffee spoons. No more playing it safe. Instead, let's be all in and all out for Jesus. Full bore, leave everything on the field, no holds barred, double down on Jesus. He is our plan A. We have no plan B because we don't need one. And we will see God's power, his power, his wonder work and power unleashed in our lives and in the world around us. Amen? Amen? So Jesus, help us to be all in for you. Help us to leave beside the fears that bind us and dive all in headfirst. And follow you with everything we've got, no apologies, unashamed. Help us to do that and we'll give you the glory. In your name, Jesus. Amen.